Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. If you stay on for a certain amount of time, you can get a Fightful shirt. We even have tiers above that where you can get mugs, guest star on shows. I have to interject. Did you, did, you, did you mention the mask? <laughs> so whether Sean wants to acknowledge it, our video viewers can see that Virgil's got a mask on back there. Whether or not Sean wants to acknowledge it, one of the primary selling features of Fightful Select membership is I think it's the $5 tier. you got to stand for two or three months. You get one of those Sean Ross Sapp masks uh, that have so many uses. It's almost endless, the uses for that thing. And I've been telling Sean, whether you want to admit it or not, that thing is a sell, and that's a draw. And I've seen a lot of photos, Sean. A lot of photos, my friend. It's a draw. Listen. Well, let me ask you something, brother. What you gonna do when Sean Ross Sapp and all his maniacs and his birthday run all over you? So, was that that okay? Yes, makes a nice hat, I think. I am gonna keep it, yeah. Really good to wear. Happy birthday, Sean. Yeah. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here with the Fightful.com post-fight show. Actually, it's not. It's me, James Lynch. Happy birthday, Sean. Hope you're doing well, man. Matt, get over yourself, you cyborg-loving freak. Oh, dude, you gotta watch Women's MMA and Fight Pass. You probably replay them every single... You sick freak watching Women's MMA all the time. Oh, get over yourself. You just settle down, playboy. That's disgusting. You and your fake... Oh, just get over it. Oh, go back to wrestling. Happy birthday, brother. Eat your heart out, girl. 
What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here for the Fightful Wrestle Podcast. You know, tonight we saw somebody get slammed on the apron, and that, as you know, is the hardest part of the ring. But do you know why the apron is so hard? Because it takes blue chew. <laughs> I got a million of them. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Sean Ross Sapp. Huh? I, got, I heard something about you. I heard it's your birthday. Well, I want to tell you something, birthday boy. Happy birthday, dude. Oh, spooky! It is I, Sister Lucretia, with a very special message for you! What's up, you guys? It's me, Sean Rossap, here with Fightful. Today's episode, sponsored by Duck Butter. Mmm, lovely, lovely duck butter. Who likes to cook in duck butter? This guy, Sean Rossap. With me, as always, Alex Palaski. Alex, can I get my beans now? No, no, Alex, I keep you in my basement. Please, please, I need 300 articles this week to get clicks. Yeah! Yes, you guys! This isn't funny. Happy birthday, SRS. He makes me hot. He makes me shiver. My knees get weak. Like a long class. Hey, Sean. We're all excited to see you uh, next week at the game. Hi, Sean. Happy birthday, even though my scoops are better than yours. Well, hope you have a good day. Sean, I've always felt that birthdays are overrated, and we've gone to a lot of trouble for yours. So you better appreciate this. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday. Happy birthday. We are out. It's The List and your boy with Jimmy Van and Sean Rossap. And we are live. Kudos, <laughs> Nigel. Kudos, buddy. <laughs> Melissa compiling all the stuff. Kudos. <laughs> Kudos. <laughs> Sean's that, Russian. <laughs> Sean, that, that was, might have been the best of all time. That might have been the best of all time. Wow. Um, hey, bud. I have a mixture of emotions going on right now. Yeah? I don't know if I should be flattered or fire my entire staff. I'm, I'm unsure what's going on here. Uh, that was very nice. I am impressed that you all coordinated all of that. I got some stories for you, man. Oh, really? <laughs> and one of By these... The way, what's up, you guys? Listen, you boy, number 88. There you go. There you go. So Sean Rossap's birthday, we're doing this on August 29th. Your birthday, I believe, is tomorrow. Yes, midnight. August, August 30th. I have been planning this for a month <laughs> because I knew it would take time to get people masks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there were three others that I had hoped to be included in this. Oh, really? um, one of them was Anna, and, I, and I'm going to give her the uh, I'm going to give her uh, uh, benefit of the doubt because of where she lives. I told her I'm going to send you the image file. And then have you oh, print okay. have you print out your own mask? So she she wasn't able to get it in on time. Uh, the second one was Matt Riddle. Oh yeah, John. and let me <laughs> no let me let me let me tell you something. So anybody that that has never had personal dealings with Matt Riddle, when Matt wants to respond to you, he responds like that. Oh, immediately, right? And so I hit Matt Riddle up about a month ago, knowing that he was WWE bound. Uh-huh. 
And yeah. I said, I said, this is what we're doing. Uh, are you interested? Immediate response. Absolutely. You got my address, right? Send me the mask. Cool. A week later, Matt sends me a text message. Hey, Jimmy, I got the mask. Uh, what do you want me to say again? <laughs> I said, I, I explained to him what to do. Say whatever you want. Never heard from Matt Riddle again after that, Sean. Never <laughs> heard from him I again. Had I interviewed him before that or after? Uh, you had interviewed him after. Yeah. <laughs> but so he got back to me. Yeah, no, but 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 he uh, he. So I think when you interviewed him, I don't know if he had actually received the mask yet, but yeah. he knew that I wanted to do it by then. Okay. Never responded again. The last one, Sean. I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to ask you. Did you have any inkling that I was doing this? Zero. Did you get any heads up from anybody? None. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a story that I was thinking about telling you off the air. Uh, I'm going to tell you on the air because that's just kind of how I am. So Vince Russo. Oh, boy. Now, I want to make it clear I have no issue with Vince. He and I are cool. He used to do stuff for Fightful. We hey, never right, had right. They're fond of him after how he handled the Jason Sensation deal. There you go. There you go. And mm-hmm. yeah, and I texted him that night too. And that's the last we're going to talk about that, by the way. All right. I don't like right. I don't like giving attention to these fucks in these situations. Yeah. So we're yeah. not going to talk about we it. We already talked. All right. All right. But uh, so Vince Russo. So I hit Vince Russo up, and I was thinking about reading the text messages. I'm not going to bother. I'm just going <laughs> to give you the gist. I hit Vince Russo up. I said, "This is what I want to do." Can I send you a mask? Will you do a video for me? You know what Vince Russo said? What? He said, um, is David Bixenspan working for you guys? Oh, that's <laughs> what he was talking about. And I said to him, on occasion he does stuff for us. He mostly works for Deadspin. Vince responded and said, uh, I can't be part of any network that uh, employs him. So and, few- No, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish because this, this story goes longer. It goes longer. So then uh, I said, well, Vince, this is just uh, a birthday video for Sean. And Vince goes, I got to pass. This is all on text message. And then I just said, fine. And I just kind of let it go. That same day, Sean, he called you. And you said to me, I got a call from Vince Russo. And as soon as you said that, I said, ah, shit. And I said to you, what did, I said to you, what did Vince call you for? And you said, oh, he wanted to know something about Google Hangouts. <laughs> and I thought, oh, shit. And then a day or two after that, you told me that Vince on his podcast said, I was offered a project by Fightful, and I turned it down because uh, they give work to David Bixenspan. <laughs> and I was waiting for you to say to me, what project? Like, what project is, is he talking about? And when you didn't ask me what project, I was convinced that he had told you and that you knew. No, he, he didn't tell me at all. Also, he didn't well, mention for, David Bixenspan. He's never mentioned David Bixen span to me personally. Mm. Uh, I mean, and when he mentioned a project, I just assumed that he was. I mean, the thing is, quite honestly, Vince isn't in the habit of just flat out making shit up. That's not something that I've ever known Vince Brusso to do. Yeah. So when when I heard that, I was just really confused. I was like, I know every project. That was my concern. Yeah, I was like, every single thing that is posted on that website goes through me in some capacity. Right. So for, and I was like, I don't think, I mean, for the love of God, we're sitting on 90 minutes of footage we filmed with Vince Russo ahead of WrestleMania that we haven't used yet. Right. So I knew that you hadn't hit him up for like another show or anything. No, so I, I thought for sure, because again, you know, you are a nosy sort, Sean. I am. And so I thought, Sean's going to be on me. What project, what project? And you weren't. And I was like, that fucker told him. 
Well, the thing is, but I just... It sounds like he didn't, so Vince, you're so props that you didn't And it count. was so far out, and I wasn't even sure that you remembered when my birthday was. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> this has been in the works for a while because I knew that we had to coordinate getting the videos in and whatnot. So, uh, and Bill Apter, bless his heart, Sean. That was, that was one of the most flattering ones. Bill Apter, for, for those who don't know, the first time I ever wrote an article about wrestling was January 4th, 2010, and I, I had a column that I pitched to him and immediately he said yes. And I grew up on PWI and The Wrestler. Mm-hmm. And one of my things was, okay, maybe I won't make a living of this, but I just want to write for him, right. for him in some capacity. And I remember there would be times he'd have me on podcasts back when my accent was much thicker than it is now. <laughs> and we would be off air and he'd say things like, yeah, there, there were times when I would hang out with Jerry Law. You probably don't want to hear about that. Okay, first off, okay, Bill Apter does not sound like Kermit the Frog. (laughs) He kind of does. He kind of does. That was a pretty good uh, impersonation. It was a good Kermit the Frog. But he, uh, he... Bill actually got me my job here. I know he did. And and so when I was thinking about, okay, I want people that have been involved with Fightful and Sean specifically, past or present, I had Bill Apter referred you to me. So I hit up Bill Apter and uh, bless that guy's heart. He got back to me right away. He said, here's my address. He said, I'm out of town for two weeks. Uh, I get back on this day. When do you need a bike? And I said I wanted it by last Friday so that uh, the team had the, the weekend and, and Monday to get the video put together. And he got it to me. I think he was the first one that got, wow. me, got me the video. Hmm. So uh, it worked out good. Would have been great to have Riddle in there. you yeah. know. <laughs> and, and especially when he stuck to me saying, hey, I got the mask. What do you want me to say? And then go <laughs> silent. Well, that you makes know? me happy to know that my face has been left somewhere in his empty Pennsylvania house now. Oh, no, he packed it. It's in really? Orlando. It's in Orlando. I doubt that. It is. Yeah, that, but, that's uh, the last thing. You know what would be awesome, Sean? Thing. You know what would be awesome? That? It'd be awesome if somebody goes to his place. Let's say it's going to be a rental or something. Somebody goes to his place. They open up the fridge. There's an empty jar of mayonnaise and a Sean Ross app mask. That'd be I pretty mean, awesome. The last thing I need is that thing floating around the performance center. I don't think you have any enemies there, though. Most... Most of the people I know there are friend friendly, but uh, that was incredibly flattering, and I thought it, it was phenomenal. It, I, I parts I, embarrassing as well. I, I gave Nigel. I told Nigel my vision. We actually had a meeting, and I told him my vision, and I said I want this followed specifically, and he did it precisely the way that I wanted it. I thought it was excellent. He did a really good. job. He did so awesome, Nigel. I know you're listening. Awesome job. I thought it was really really good. I, I and wish, I'm glad. I'm I glad it was a surprise for you because I thought for sure you knew. It was, and yeah. I could have actually. Kyler hit me up today. Kyler James, our social media guy, uh, you'll you all will see him in the chats. He goes, "What is the surprise yesterday?" And I said, "How am I supposed to know? <laughs> you know these by now. I, I used to have your pattern figured out. It would alternate between between something legitimate and something ridiculous. And then, like, Kara was asking me, "What is it?" And I was like, "Well, I think that he counts the trip that we made to Toronto last week." as a legitimate win, so maybe he's alternating. But then you went on a streak of, like, three bad ones before that, where it was, okay. like, a, a mask uh, or Marie. <laughs> I just I disagree with the term bad. I disagree with the term bad, all right? We'll agree to disagree. Maybe to you they just weren't as good as some of the other ones. But to me, yeah. to me now, this one was a home run, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. It right was good. Wrong. It was I good. Was, I was very ha- I will cherish that surprise. I so really we're will. obviously we're going to pull out that clip. We're going to put it up by itself. <laughs> I'm going to put it on Twitter. I'm going to put it up on YouTube on Fightful Scraps. 
And, Why did you uh, do the disservice of not letting our Fightful Select subscribers see this ahead of time, Jimmy? Because you, you bastard, <laughs> would be looking at it ahead of time. And I wanted this to yeah. be a surprise on the air for you, too. It means a lot. Wow, I don't... I, I hardly know what to say about that. Awesome, awesome. Because <laughs> we got remember on that little that little plug you did there, the black and white shot, and I said I've seen a lot of photos, Sean. That wasn't untrue. <laughs> In the, the packages, Sean, I put a letter to everyone who got a mask saying to email me photos. <laughs> My God, so it's been in the works for a while. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, I've kind of I hate the goddamn masks. They are the bane of my existence, but I've decided to try to roll with the punches. Good. <laughs> Some of them on Instagram. On you know what I'm doing phone. here, Sean? So there, there, there's a method of my madness here. I'm uh, helping you develop thick skin. Oh, Jesus Christ. So one of, one of the reasons the mask was created is because Sean responds to every troll on social media. Oh, no, and, I do not. Yes, you do. And no, I, I created do that mask because I thought to myself, okay, if Sean can live with this mask without jumping off a bridge, <laughs> then I feel like I've accomplished something. And that's one of the reasons. I should give you access to my Twitter for one day. I respond to maybe 5%. Uh, The other day I started to tell them they had nice hair and glasses. Good. Well, that's my influence. That's my influence. Viewers of this show, if I could ask you to do one thing for me, compliment my trolls. Say something (laughs) nice to them. That's what I I want. That might be all they need to change, Sean. It confuses a lot of them. And I really love that. But uh, the posting them on Instagram thing started to backfire. I don't do a lot of wrestling-related stuff on my Facebook, but I post my Instagram picture to my Facebook. And then, like, friends from high school are like, where can I get a mask? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, well, I hope you want early access to wrestling news while you're at it. Send them them my Twitter, and I'll hook them up. I'm good. So let's move on. Uh, I'm glad you like that. Again, we will put that clip up separately on, uh, on, on Fightful Scraps. I'll put it up on Twitter. I, I must have seen that that video five times yesterday, Sean, because I because I thought it was that good. Nigel gave it to me in the afternoon, and I must yeah I must have watched it five times, and I showed it to my wife last night too. I don't think I've ever blushed until today. Oh no, you said that several times before. I think over the maybe, last two years, maybe. Yes. Let's move on. I, I want you again to plug the contest, and and maybe Melissa can uh, help plug the contest again. I was confused about the Twitter component, <laughs> and so plug it, and then uh, yeah, we we do have a tweet up. I will retweet it during this show, which which can gain you entry. You can tag three friends. That is another entry. But uh, leave a comment of substance. If you comment, comment. Or a thumbs up, you're not winning. But any video, and each video that you comment on, on Fightful's YouTube, gives you another entry. Mm-hmm. It uh, puts you in the running to win a DVD <clears throat> prize pack. We have 80s pack, 90s packs, 2000s, extreme and tag team packs. I believe we have a history of wrestling. Also, uh, 04 to 06 pay-per-views, 07 to 08 pay-per-views. A lot of people will say, all oh, that's on the network. The reason I still have my pay-per-view dvds personally are because they have a lot of content that is not on the network they have behind the scenes footage they have documentaries they have stuff that wwe have since edited maybe they don't have the license for it anymore lots of stuff like that, that you are you trying to convince me to pull my dvds out of this contest <laughs> they are jimmy's personal dvds so you're taking something from him yes you are you have three of the same mask on these Goddamn cutouts. I you just realized. noticed that like 10 minutes in? You just caught that? Yeah, I did. Uh, so anyway, subscribe <laughs> <laughs> as well. Hey, if you want to get on our good side, head over to Fightful Scraps, our clip page. Subscribe to that as well. 
Awesome. So, uh, so uh, I'm just going to sum up in uh, 10 seconds what Sean just said. <laughs> so, subscribe to our YouTube, leave a good comment, follow us on Twitter. I think you said you got to retweet something, and you can win shit. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, uh, for the YouTube portion, it's US and Canada only. Thank YouTube for that, not us. Uh, but that's when you go to Twitter and uh, retweet and thank yeah. three friends. That's there worldwide. You uh, let's move on. So, you wrapped up the Toronto Twip. Twip. <laughs> twip. Twip. Yeah. You whapped up the Toronto Twip last week. Aww. How was that for you? You went to Niagara Falls. I saw that you created a vlog that was way too long. I told you to cut it down. <laughs> it was 22 minutes last year. Uh, you put seven minutes of you talking to your wife in the hotel. It was funny, though, because she's a horrible loser. She That's fine. I, I think mean, you got to cut it down. I, I can tell that you, you are traditionally not a winner at things like mini golf, go-karting. Ooh, because that seemed you. to bother you. What? That seemed to really bother you that... That we had this fruitful conversation, which I did chop down, but either way, the the vlog is up. The director's cut is up for Fightful Select subscribers right now. I'll post it in full uh, next week, but it was a blast. I loved it, and I mean, it's kind of weird. Like while I'm at the office, my wife has friends in Toronto now, like like that she goes out and hangs out with. I mean, that's that's not something that I envision happening. That's pretty cool. Niagara Falls. I didn't understand the hype, even from the hotel room. You got this beautiful hotel room, and I saw it, and it was magnificent. I didn't understand the hype until I was right next to the falls. Yeah. It is incredible. It is cool. I was, I was, I was going to tell you, but I chose not to. So you sent me a photo, I think, from your hotel room. Uh-huh. And I was going to tell you, by the way, Sean, that photo has the American side, and yeah. the Canadian side is just much nicer. Yes. But I, I thought to myself, he'll figure it out. He'll figure it out. He'll go down there. And, and so you did, I assume. Oh, it was, so. it was outstanding. And we, we went to Niagara Speedway, which I, I want to say is, is billed as like Mario Kart. It's not quite Mario Kart, but man, it's a blast. <laughs> no surprise. And it was I, initially a lot steeper. Yeah, you got yeah. the uh, adjusted version. Like oh, it's a steep it. go-kart track, really? It was. Yeah, it, it has, it has steep, elevation and loops. And just let me say... I fucking smoked those fools. <laughs> you beat 12-year-olds. Good job. <laughs> oh, come on. Hold on. There's a high requirement there that effectively eliminates a lot of children from driving. They got to ride with their parents. Ooh. It's like a PG-13 go-kart course. And uh, we got to do that. We played some games, arcade games. Well, I was telling you off the air, Jimmy, my, my wife and I are big arcade fanatics and mm. play a lot of games, but... Toronto was a blast. The Blue Jays won again. Mm-hmm. A shutout. Your wife was... attempted two food challenges and lost them both, but that's okay. I was telling her. Okay. <laughs> She's got to pull her weight in this house now. <laughs> Going to school full time, she can't even scarf down popcorn. And then again, she was facing Greg. And... and I had a lot of cash that day. You did. And, I mean, let, let's be honest. Greg is a monster mm-hmm. at that type of stuff. But I had her getting advice from, like, Hayden and, and Nicola, <laughs> two of the food challenge legends. Uh, Nicola told me going in, can I sit this one out? Because she was concerned I was going to force her to do it. Aww. Yeah. And I said, of course. This is, you know, I'm not going to create liability issues. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Fightful HR. Fightful but, I mean, HR. That, was, that was like having Jimmy Hart and Bobby Heenan in Kara's corner, and she still didn't win. I was disappointed. Would Jimmy Hart be the greatest guy to go to when you want advice? Like in a maybe wrestling not. manager maybe, capacity? Maybe but Bobby Heenan's a good one. I would definitely go to him. Somebody said, just put this show on, but what about wrestling talk? That's not important. <laughs> oh, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. And if, you, if you're just tuning in, when this is over, you owe it to yourself 
to go back and watch the start for the surprise that I had for Sean Ross Sapp, you owe it to yourself. You also owe it to yourself to subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. Tier 2 members get stupid people extended hot dog. But yeah, <laughs> Toronto is a blast. I love that city. It's completely opposite from what I'm used to on a daily basis. And that is always a fun ex- – well, I don't want to say always a fun experience because San Antonio is also the opposite of what I'm used to on a daily basis. There we go. There we go. But All right. Let's move on and actually talk some pro wrestling on this pro wrestling podcast. Yeah, let's do it. I, uh, I want to start by talking about Ed Cohen. Okay. Now, people that are maybe, say, current wrestling fans, they might not know the name Ed Cohen. Um, but he was a major contributor to WWE success, especially in the 80s. He was an executive with the company. He basically headed up their live events. Uh, he was the guy in charge of securing venues for, te- for tapings and for house shows. And in the 80s, he and Mr. Man worked side by side closely because back then, house show ticket revenue was their bread and butter. That's where they made their money. Obviously, thing, obviously things are way different now with rights fees and with pay-per-view and with the network and all that stuff. But in the 80s, uh, that's where they made their money. So he was integral, to, especially to their national expansion. Uh, and he, he just passed away this past week after battling cancer. So, One of the uh, names that you don't often hear about that was integral in WWE's growth. For sure, for sure, yep. He was a major part of the growth of that company. So my condolences to his family. Uh, I know a lot of people in the company, Hype executives, were devastated by the news. Yeah. So, uh, so my condolences. Uh, let's move on and talk about All In. Let's do it. <laughs> so they're calling it the biggest independent wrestling show ever, Sean. Yeah. That's what they're calling it. Uh, we're doing this again on August 29th. It's going to be this Saturday, September 1st, from the Sears Center in, they say, Chicago. It's in Hoffman a place, Estate. Hoffman Estates. So we, in, we, uh, have, we have Andrea Hanks there. Uh, she was explaining the difference. She's like, Hoffman Estates is kind of like the suburbs of Chicago. But So yeah. it's Mississauga, Sean? It's Mississauga? Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, that's a pretty fair comparison. Uh, so the pre-show is going to be airing uh, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on WGN. And then after that, it's going to be available live on pay-per-view, on the Honor Club uh, app and on the Fight TV app. After the fact, it's going to be on New Japan's app as well. They're not carrying it live. They're carrying it on tape afterwards. And uh, the lineup is pretty strong, man. I mean, yeah. when, when they call this the biggest indie show, it's all the promotions that have come together for this. And let's run it down real quick. So NWA title, Nick Aldis, Cody Rhodes. I think Cody's going to go over. Uh, and I, I'm sure some people are going to say, oh, the promoter putting himself over in the main event. But because they're doing that 70th anniversary NWA show, it makes sense to me that the, the son of Dusty Rhodes would be defending the NWA title. So I thought about making the trip down there to, to cover that. I'm pretty sure I could get access to it. And mm-hmm. my wife's never been in Nashville either. It gives me an excuse to go there. It's an off UFC weekend. Uh, it's on a Sunday, though. That's, that's a little surprising to me. But this, this card, the way that I like that they have constructed it, it's a bunch of matches. Oh, yeah. That you typically won't see elsewhere. You have Okada and Skrull, and the story behind that is Skrull is a junior heavyweight in mm-hmm. New Japan. Okada is a heavyweight, and everywhere Skrull goes on being the elite, Rey Mysterio, Jack Swagger, Zack Sabre, they're all like, oh, you're facing Okada? You're fucked. Mm-hmm. I mean, they literally <laughs> tell him that. You have the Golden Elite, Young Bucks, and Kota Ibushi against Mysterio, Bandito, and Phoenix. I don't know if you saw the latest being the elite. <laughs> Somebody came up to Ray when his camera was still on and didn't realize it. And he was basically calling the Young Bucks indie jobbers and said he was doing it a favor to as a favor to Cody. Awesome. That's cool. Stephen Amell against Christopher Daniels. And this yep. is an interesting approach they're taking. On the latest being the elite, Stephen Amell has become this cocky prick just stepping into pro wrestling, thinking that he 
he can do whatever he wants against Christopher Daniels. I'm curious you, what he's. I'm curious how he can do. I mean, I've me seen too. some footage of him training. So you have Madison Rain, who is everywhere right now, everywhere. Chelsea Green, who I'm surprised isn't in WWE yet, but uh, I, I think that'll happen eventually. Britt Baker and Tessa Blanchard. Tessa Blanchard, a big fan of. This will, uh, from what I saw, when it's up on New Japan World, be the second all-women show on New Japan World. Hmm. That's kind of impressive. Kenny Omega against Pentagon. That's how we'll match up. Pentagon's everywhere right now, to the point to where I think he might be the most overexposed, underexposed guy there is. Like, I see him run through a lot of the same spots on three different shows a week, Mm, but this is the right match. And then you have an over-budget battle royal in the pre-show with a lot of names in it. You have Briscoe's SCU. And don't forget the winner. Yes. Gets a shot at the Ring of Honor title against Jay Lethal. And here's a question I have for you. So the the battle royal is going to be 15 people, men and women. They've announced 11 so far. I'll I'll write them off real quick. Jordan Grace, Moose, Rocky Romero, Cole Cabana, Ethan Page, Brian Cage, Billy Gunn, which is interesting, Jimmy Jacobs, Marco Stunt, Brandon Cutler and Punishment Martinez. That's 11 to 15. That means they're probably going to do the four surprise gimmick, like the Royal Rumble surprise gimmick. Any idea who those could be, Sean? Well, they also have Matt Cross booked, who was M-Dog 20 back in the day. Uh, he's uh, son of Havoc on Lucha Underground. You have the best friends, Chucky e. T and Trent Beretta, as well as this man, MJF, who I talked to, one of the hottest prospects and all Melissa screaming right now going, oh shit, oh shit. And all around pieces of shit human beings <laughs> is MJF. I talked to him ahead of the show. Take a listen. Well, one person who has taken a liking to you is Cody Rhodes, it would seem. He speaks very highly of you. You're booked for All In coming up on September 1st. Uh, tell me, what, what what has the reception been like from Cody and you interacting with him as you prepare for All In? I mean, here's the thing. Me and Cody Rhodes, best friends. Sometimes we go out, we get like some caviar tasting. Uh, we've gone to some wine tastings as well. Tremendous guy. Always enjoy flying out to visit him. Uh, but, but, yeah, I mean, we, we got along right off the, the hitch because, quite frankly, um, and he'll admit it too, I kind of remind him of a younger him, you know, somebody who's just so immensely talented at such a young age, someone who just gets it at such a young age, just like Cody did. I mean, if you look back to those, those original years of Cody's career, Cody was well beyond where he should have been in his age range. And, and why wouldn't he be? I mean, he's the son of one of the greatest professional wrestlers in the history of the industry, Dusty Rhodes. And the, as far as, you know, the perception of me being booked on All In, I mean, everybody, I think, let's say facts, saw it come. I mean, I wrestle everywhere else. Why wouldn't I be on the biggest show in the history of professional wrestling you mentioned how you wrestle everywhere else mlw is one of those i have spoken to core bauer about wwe reaching out to mlw talent even when they are contracted what do you think that says about the talent level in mlw that wwe has interest in so many of them and has went to the links of where mlw has kind of had to say hey back off a little bit these are our guys (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. Major League Wrestling, again, just like MJF, which is why it makes sense that I'm the face of the company, has rose in such a a, a record time. I mean, if you look at any other promotion, whether it be WWE, WCW, I I, I mean, literally any other television wrestling promotion. Here's the thing. We had, I think, maybe three shows before we were picked up by a TV, as a TV product. I mean, that's incredibly unheard of, and there's a reason for that. 
it's because the talent in Major League Wrestling is absolutely insane. It's because the storytelling in Major League Wrestling is absolutely insane. It's because what we do is, in fact, Major League. And was a lot of our talent, including a certain somebody who's better than most, uh, told that WWE had interest in them? Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, uh, right now, uh, it is my job, it is everybody's job in that locker room to try to make it a point to make Major League Wrestling. Uh, it's not the top promotion in the world, uh, one of the top promotions being talked about today, which is uh, a hell of a task to do considering uh, how well wrestling as a whole is doing right now. It's absolutely insane. But there's a reason for it, Sean. Do you know what the reason is? Well, what is that reason? The reason is because I, I have chosen to be a professional wrestler, which has only risen the stock of pro wrestling as a whole. And we're back. Also, I interviewed Cyrus Fees, who you guys might know from Global Force Wrestling. He will be doing a lot of the broadcasting at StarCast. That is up on our YouTube right now. And in our new shoot interview section of FightfulPods.com, in which I am still trying to figure out how to populate. So you're going to have... ask me questions, Sean. (laughs) Yeah, but... Yeah, but... So during our break, Sean actually posted on, on Twitter... He actually posted on Twitter that he was nearly, nearly emotional about that intro. Evidence. People don't say nice things to me very often. Nearly emotional. So there you go. People, people call me a head ass and shit on Twitter. I'm sorry. Me. Head a head ass. What the heck is that? I don't know. I'm not, <laughs> I don't know. Do you not Google these things when you call them? That takes all the fun. Uh, yeah, that it wasn't enough that I'm called a head ass. I gotta find <laughs> out the definition. From twenty somethings who go and buy Roman Reigns gloves at Walmart and sit around and go, ooh, ah. <laughs> I gotta figure out that shit too. Okay, let's go back to all in. So Starcast. Yeah. Uh, so explain to me. We have somebody covering it for us. I hear. I'm still not yeah. entirely okay. Explain to me the concept. So some of the people are being paid to be there, like okay, Dave Meltzer. Let me let me just before you confuse people. There are some people on Podcast Row that paid to be there. Yeah. Other people are serving as vendors, and then they have attractions there. They have stuff like singing karaoke with Marty Skrull, because that was <laughs> his gimmick on Being the Elite was singing. Uh, you have Bacha Mania, where you call stuff with Tony Schiavone, who essentially does that on his podcast now. It's become mm-hmm. very popular. He'll watch old WCW shows and just run the shit down. Uh, there, there are a lot of different attractions there. We have Andrea Hanks, who I'm very familiar with, covers a lot of NFL stuff, a lot of uh, – wrestling stuff we're excited to have her there and at all in we have glenn moore who hosts the uh dinner with the king jerry lawler podcast there covering the the happening for us okay Uh, okay it was a thing i was like okay maybe i'll go there and i was like you know what my birthday weekend my wife's birthday weekend our anniversary weekend probably cheaper to pay freelancers to go there anyway and no that but is your wife going to be like you know if you're like hey good news we're going to chicago bad news i'm going to be like busy every night (laughs) yeah oh that's the thing she will if she travels with me somewhere like that she she assumes i'm going to be working the entire time okay and i mean when i did the columbus stuff she was my assistant the entire time she filmed Mm -hmm. stuff right i mean she was talking off air with alexa bliss and shit while the while we were getting ready to interview uh so i mean she she knows the drill I want to mention a tweet that I just got from Jason A at 1983Jason on Twitter. Now, is this uh, actually Simon? Can Melissa confirm? No, I don't think so. What's the username? Sorry? Jason A at 1983Jason. It might be. 
No, it's I not. No, it, I don't it think was so. a fucking joke, Melissa. Yeah, God. No, no. He changed his Twitter name to Jason. No, so no, 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 no. Somebody it else. It could have been. So he, he said to me, so when I just commented that All In is going to be the biggest indie show of all time, he tweeted me and said, biggest ever. Uh, they had 12,000 for Jacques Rougeau's retirement match a couple weeks ago in Montreal. Funny, no dirt cheese reported on it. So I want to touch upon that. So Jacques Rougeau for a long time had a very successful promotion in Montreal. Uh, he had a very smart way of promoting. What he would do is he would get sponsorships from local businesses, and yeah. then he would give them blocks of free tickets. And yeah. so instead of having to worry about ticket sales, it was almost like a sold show almost. Instead yeah. of having to worry about ticket sales, he would just get a bunch of, sp- bunch of sponsorships, and that's how he would make his money. The reason you can't call that the biggest indie show is because he used all local talent as far as I know. He doesn't bring in big names from different promotions from all over the U.S. and, and even outside the U.S. He uses local guys, and like him and his sons were in the main event. Uh, and so it's completely different. Now, once again, he drew very well for a lot of years using that sponsorship concept. But uh, again, he pr- primarily used local talent. He did not bring in names from everywhere. And I mean, when you say the biggest, ever, I mean, there are going to be events that did like much larger attendance, but right. not on WGN, it's not right. on pay-per-view, not on Honor Club, not on New right. Japan World. Very different. The fact that I had barely heard, I mean, I knew about it, barely heard anything out of the show. There's no buzz. There's no buildup. There's no names. I talk about Jacques Rougeau's? Yes. So, okay, I'm not going to shit on Jacques Rougeau, but I'm going to be honest. He uh, uh, is not very popular, uh, not only yeah. with WWE today, but his family even. His brother, Raymond, did not come to the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, his father is not in the greatest hell, so he didn't come to the show. If anybody knows anything about Kevin Owens' uh, history, so Kevin Owens was originally trained by Jacques Rougeau. Kevin Owens had a falling out with Jacques Rougeau because Jacques Rougeau promised him a tryout with WWE and wanted him to sign a contract that would guarantee him 15% of his future earnings. Yeah, Uh, yeah, and that's that's all factual stuff. And so he doesn't have the greatest reputation right now among WWE faithful. But again, that takes nothing away from the fact that for a long time he drew very, very well. Uh, in Montreal, again, using that sponsorship, you know, idea that he did. Yeah. So. Oh, well, whenever we would run local shows here, sponsorships are important to paying commission fees and licenses and renting the area and stuff like that. It was a little easier for us because usually when we were doing it, we were doing it for like uh, cancer research or aut- mm-hmm. autism charities and stuff. So local businesses would want to get in on that. If you're doing it straight for profit, like I'm assuming he was doing a lot yeah. of times, that's far easier said than done. So that's. Did you hear about what Cody supposedly did to help finance All In? Did you hear about What's this? What's that? So supposedly to help finance All In, in advance, he hit, up, he hit up collectors. And he said, when this show is over, I will sell to you the turnbuckles. I'll sell to you the ring apron. I'll sell to you this. I'll sell to you this. I'll sell to you yep. this. In advance, he cut deals with collectors and got deposits so that he could afford to bring in all the talent for the show. That's pretty impressive. That's brilliant, man. That's brilliant. Now, my only question about that is, I wonder if the, say, the ring apron and all that stuff is going to be branded with this specific show in mind so that they can't use it on another one. But Yeah, because, I mean, I think the amount that they'll get off of that stuff is more than it costs to make make a new one. one. I agree. I agree. And I thought it was brilliant. A brilliant thing for him to do. Yeah, so very smart. There's a lot of smart stuff in relation to this. Uh, I think initially when they did this, you didn't want the ROH stamp of approval necessarily. You wanted to, the facade that you were doing it by yourself. But I think the more that they do these, assuming that they'll do more, right? 
right. the more they can get other people involved and kind of eat some of that cost because you better believe that. I mean, they've, they've got a sponsorship deal with like TGI Fridays. There are going to yeah. be places that want to connect themselves to this and eat a ton of the cost. And I agree. I agree. I'm pumped. This Saturday, it looks like we're doing a simulcast with our friends at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Go subscribe to them. You probably have already. They're like at 110,000, but we're looking to do a simulcast with them for the post show. And we're going to have live coverage. I'm, I'm putting Andrea on our Instagram. She's going to be posting stuff at Instagram.com slash Fightful. Cool. Got lots of content for all Awesome. In. Let's move on. So this past Monday, August 27, uh, WWE announced through ET Canada. This was an exclusive. They announced through ET Canada that next year SummerSlam is going to be held in Toronto, as was rumored, along with NXT TakeOver, Raw, and SmackDown. They're going to do four straight nights at the Scotiabank Arena, which was formerly the uh, Air Canada Centre. And uh, it's going to start. It's going to happen from Saturday, August 10, through Tuesday, August 13. Now, keep in mind, they broke this news on Monday, August 27. Melissa, I want you to put up that screenshot from a Fightful Select post by Mr. Sean Rossap, oh, dated I- August 17th. Do you have that, Melissa? Yep. One sec. <laughs> Put that up for a second. Don't want dead air, Melissa. Nope, nope, nope. It's just kind of cut off. <laughs> Don't want dead air, Sean. Where is Nigel today? Uh, so they rotate weeks. Yeah. Uh, I might, oh, wow. Yeah. This is a legit co-producer position. Did she get a raise? Well, we'll <laughs> see if I'm going to put a kibosh on that after this podcast. But right now, they rotate weeks. Oh, I'm not got shit in the can. I need her to stay a character on our show. You got shit in the can? <laughs> what? I'm not going to wait any longer. So basically, on August 17, 10 days before <laughs> ET broke the news, our own Sean Rossap posted on Fightful Select uh, that this exact thing was going to happen. That SummerSlam and NXT and Raw and SmackDown were all going to take place in Toronto next year at the, uh, at the Scotiabank Arena. But as we know, and as we've talked about on the show before, WWE wants to be mainstream so badly that they hand-select certain media outlets and they give those media outlets these new these uh, these breaking stories. Usually, it's CBS Sports or it's uh, Forbes or Bleacher Report or ESPN. But in this case, I guess because they were in Canada, they went to Entertainment Tonight Canada for this one. So yeah, that was that was funny. I mean, there have been rumblings of Toronto before, and uh, mainly the places that were saying, "Oh, it's in Toronto." Were saying the Rogers Center, and I was, like, "No, it's not going there." Never, never, no, no, no. Not in the middle of August no. when the J- and the Jays play that weekend, and the Jays would want to play that weekend. Well, depending can, on how they're doing, they might not. Well, I mean, <laughs> they you know they they want to get some of those tourism asses in the seats as well. So you've got NXT, SummerSlam, Raw, SmackDown, and Access. The Jays are going to be in town. It's going to be a big big weekend for Toronto. But I mean, that's something we put up there. We I put I think I put that. It's supposed to be Scotiabank, or it is now, but I think I put yeah. up there that it was supposed to be, but uh, it wasn't confirmed as of yet. But, yeah, they, they weren't going to the Sky Dome, unfortunately. No, no, no. But no, no. Toronto, as we've seen this week and in a few weeks prior, I mean, Melissa was a part of a wrestling show there. Mm-hmm. Toronto is like sort of like where Orlando was becoming a hot spot for wrestling. Toronto's hitting there, too, and you got a lot of indie promotions running out of there, so... So a friend of mine, fun. a friend of mine that you know, Crazy K, he went yep. to the Raw show on Monday, uh, and he told me that the building was almost full at the ACC, and they can probably fit eighteen thousand in there for wrestling. That is the so, Scotiabank now, right? Yes, ACC. Okay, Air Canada Center now. 
I'm still Scotia used to Bay. calling it the ACC, but yeah, Scotia hey, Bay. Hey, I, I call the Rogers Center Skydome all the time. I That's didn't it. even know it was the Rogers Center until Joe started to say it all the time on the podcast. Right, right. Because he had gotten used to saying the proper name for when he covered it and all that crap. But let's move on and talk about Braun Strowman. Yeah, let's. So let me get this right, Sean. I look at social media. I see some of the arguments you have with people because you fight with everybody. So I see some of the arguments you have with people. Is it true that there are wrestling fans that believe that Braun Strowman, prior to Monday, was not booked as babyface? Well, the thing is, I sort of agree. What? I agree that his behavior was heelish. However, Vince McMahon, in particular, thinks that it's a baby. He is booking, was booking Braun as a babyface. Nicholas! Okay, Nicholas, with the exception of that, it's like, ha, he's going to beat the shit out of this fat guy every week. Ha, ha, they'll love it. That's what Vince thinks. No, but I'm I'm not talking about Raw. I'm talking about prior to Monday. Prior to Monday. I meant like his Kevin Owens stuff and a lot of that. Yeah. Braun, quite frankly, is a giant dickhead. However, within the WWE scope of things, that's how they view a lot of their baby faces. Sure. So he, all intent. I mean, my God, Jimmy. I mean, there are people who argue with me about this. I mean, I almost had to defer to Alex. I was like, Alex, for the love of God, you know who I talk to on a weekly, daily basis. These people tell me this is how, this is the intent for Braun Strowman. This is the intent for Roman Reigns. These people are frustrated with it. Yeah. And if you don't believe that a Braun Strowman and a Roman Reigns would be more creatively satisfied with creatively satisfying programming, then you're wrong. However, I do see that some people prefer the Big Bang Theory to Breaking Bad. So <laughs> maybe, I'm, maybe I'm not the audience they're looking yeah, those, at. Yeah, those people are foolish. Breaking Bad is the greatest show in the history of television. Yes, it is. Yep. But, uh, okay, so there's two points I want to make about Braun's turn on Monday because, again, I know that a lot of the internet was appalled that Braun Strowman turned on Monday. I want to look at this from two perspectives. One is from a fan-slash-business perspective and one is from uh-huh. a storyline perspective. From a fan-slash-business perspective, I want to wait until Raw next Monday and actually, from a storyline perspective as well, for both, I want to wait till Raw next Monday to hear the explanation. Because going into Raw, it was known Braun doesn't like Roman Reigns. They have, a long, they have a long history together. Roman Reigns doesn't like him either. And it was known that when he tried to cash in last week, Raw, uh, Roman had Rollins and Ambrose watching his back. And it was known that Braun was going to hold off until Hell in a Cell because he knows that Roman has Rollins and Ambrose watching his back. From a storyline perspective, it makes perfect sense what he did because from a storyline perspective, you want backup because even though you're going to be in a cage, that doesn't mean that Ambrose and Rollins can't still screw with you right? Yeah. prior to the match. And so from a storyline perspective, it makes sense. From a fan-slash-business perspective, if they go full-on with a heel turn, and again, I want to wait until Monday to hear the explanation, but if they go sure. full-on with a heel turn, to me, that is once again... Uh, uh, illustrating that the company doesn't listen to its fans, as we've said many times before. It's once again them showing that they're tone deaf, taking a guy who is possibly the most over on the roster and feeding him to Roman Reigns. We've talked before about how Roman, in, in many ways, is kind of booked like John Cena used to be. Because for, yeah. the first, for the first several years of John Cena's existence, he got the same reactions that Roman is getting now because the fans knew that he was the chosen one, just as they know that Roman Reigns is the chosen one. And so WWE fed everybody to John Cena. And jokingly, John Cena used to be called Superman to the point that Cena himself would even mention it in promos sometimes. Yes. Because he knew everybody referred to him as Superman because he always overcame the odds. You remember going into Survivor Series when he had The Rock as his tag team partner and everybody yep. was wondering, 
Why do you have The Rock when you've been killing Miz and R-Truth by yourself? Right? You don't even need a tag team partner. That's where they're going now with, uh, with Roman Reigns. You think that they're doing all of this because Vince McMahon is adamant. We got to get a, a, a positive reaction for Roman. We got to get the fans cheering for Roman. We got to do whatever we got to do to get the fans to cheer for Roman. My answer to that is what I've said to you many times, Sean. Part of it is Pavlovian at this point. In my opinion. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Part of it is not that the fans don't like Roman Reigns, it's that they have been trained that when they hear that music, they boo. They've been trained. And that's why when you watch a Roman Reigns segment, Sean, and you watch a Roman Reigns match, when his music hits to start the segment, he gets booed like hell. But once he's in the ring, he doesn't get booed like hell for the entire segment because, again, the fans have been trained. When we hear the music, we boo him, but then we kind of like him. And that's kind of how it well, is. Well, yeah, the thing is... The some of the aspects of the push are insulting to my intelligence. When I see him wrestle, that's not. He's right. a fantastic wrestler. I think he's a great performer. It's just, I, I see the, and that's another thing. I've had people in my mentions all week saying, WWE doesn't care if he gets cheered or booed. Yeah, they do. I think they do. Oh, yeah, they do. Vince McMahon wants a 100% unanimous cheers for this guy. He wanted that for John Cena for a long time, yes, too. Yes. John Cena took it upon himself to start adding into promos like referring to it and then when they would do you know john cena sucks cena would go like this because he he accepted it he embraced it i don't think roman has an issue with it either no he doesn't care no roman doesn't give a shit no but the thing is vince does yes i agree and the way that vince looks at things or at least the way that i've been told is that they can get another john cena out of roman reigns and they've hit a grand slam if they can get a guy who eventually stars in Daddy's Home too, <laughs> well, but here's here's the issue that I have with that. You had that for a decade before with Cena. You had about a decade off, but even in that period, it was on and off between a babyface and a heel territory, and you had a lot of interesting characters emerge in that ten years between Hogan and Cena because Hogan got a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. You did. And in that 10-year window, you had a lot of people step up. And they fed them to John Cena. And if it, well, eventually they did. Yeah. But, I mean, you also had The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin. They would get polarizing reactions. They went back and forth between heel and face sometimes. The Undertaker would ride the wave. I think you got to ride the wave. And hopefully with the amount of money they're getting, they do ride the wave. And they decide to book it in a more fan-friendly territory, fan-friendly direction than what they are doing now than... It's force, force, force at all costs. Get Roman Reigns cheered. And he doesn't need that. He can be one of the greatest in the company's history without possibly cooling off five guys. I think Ziggler's the only one that really benefits from this. Yeah, yeah. Because McIntyre isn't getting pinned. He's not getting beaten. Seth Rollins is white hot. Dean Ambrose just came back, so you don't know what you have with him. Reigns is fresh off of a Lesnar win. I think a lot of it is, is just arrogance and ignorance because when you look back to the Rockstone Cold days, WCW was kicking WWE's ass at that time. 
And WWE is grasping at straws. What can we do to get, get guys yeah. over? Or what can we do? What can we do? And then I think they were more open to listening to the crowd, which is why when Austin cut that promo and they saw Austin 316 shirts in the crowd, they rolled with it. They, they you know, created the T-shirt. Then they heard cheers for him, so they thought, we're going to have to kind of turn him because like, They actually listened to the crowd sure. back then. Now they don't have any real competition. And so now I think that's when Vincent Man thinks, well, I'm going to put over who I want to put over because I don't have to worry about anybody kicking me off my throne kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, we'll see where it goes. I mean, again, if they have a, a proper explanation on Raw, if Braun Strowman comes out and says, I don't like Dolph Ziggler, I don't like Drew McIntyre, I don't trust him, but it's one on three with these guys. Yeah. And so if they say something like that, cool. If he goes out there and shits on the crowd, much like they started with Becky, and we'll get to that later, but if he goes out there and shits on the crowd after he spent the last, what, six months plus playing up to the crowd as a babyface, I'll have a problem with that. It'll be a big lost opportunity again. If that's the route they go. Alex and I had kind of thrown it out there. Maybe he's using these two. Exactly. And exactly. as soon as he gets what he wants, he's going to beat the shit out of them. But now Maybe. they're booked for a six-man at Super Showdown in I October. I saw that, so. too. I saw the two. We'll see. And I, another theory I heard is, oh, Braun will tell them, help me win the title, and you'll get the first title shot. That, to me, doesn't make sense because if I'm Dolph or Drew, I would rather wrestle Roman than Braun for oh, the title. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense to me. What would help, in my opinion, remember back in the day with the Hart Foundation and even with DX, when guys would hold multiple titles at once? Mm-hmm. Sean would be the WWF champion, plus he'd be the European champion. Owen Hart would be the tag team champion, plus the Intercontinental champion. What if Braun helps Drew and, and Dolph win the tag titles, and he helps Dolph win the IC title in good faith, so they'll help him win the WWE title? That would make sense to me. Yeah. Right? There was... Somebody jab wrestling show in the chat says, Reigns gets booed and cheered. He has the best of both worlds. Not what WWE wants. Not what Vince wants. Vince even wants though, Yeah, even though, again, like I said, I just think a lot of it's just the, the way the fans have been trained. I don't think they necessarily hate him. They've yeah. been trained to boo when they hear his music. So. Vince wants cheers, and he does whatever he can to get that. This was the coronation, though, that they've tried to push for years and years and years. I mean, just, just look at the character trajectory of Brock Lesnar. They weren't doing the, oh, he doesn't care about WWE thing until it was time. Until he was ready to go. Until he was ready to go. All right, let's go to Stupid People. This is a stupid song. It just goes on and on. You might find some meaning, but you would be wrong. All right, thanks again to TrevorStrong.org for the usage of the stupid song. And once again, Sean, we got such good ones, man. So when this is over, go to FightfulSelect.com, and we're going to have Stupid People Extended, three more Stupid People stories for people. These are good, bud. They're really good. I want to say one thing off the top. So this week, I had a couple of our listeners send in uh, Stupid People news stories. Uh, I chose not to use them because unless it's a special, like a really special story, I don't like using stories in which the person uh, was under the influence. Okay. Some of the stories that I received, that was the case, so I chose not to use them. But uh, what? Oh, we just lost a mask? I thought it was what? Marie. I was, she was going to be so upset. If we lose Marie, us. Melissa, contract then... Contract breach. That's double knotted. If we lose Marie, contract will be breached, and I'll have to do this until <laughs> you uh, until you fix it. Oh, my so. God. I will find a way to blame Wirecast for that. So this first one was reported by Vice.com on August 23rd. This one's unbelievable. They're all good, but this, <laughs> this one's pretty good. So, Sean, you know how we've talked about how people think this day and age in the world of social media, they can be celebrities now, right? Yeah. And they see guys like that Logan Paul guy that did like 800,000 iPay-per-view buys for his boxing match or whatever. They think, I'm going to be a social media star like that guy, right? 
Well, sometimes their means to get there doesn't make a lot of sense except to them. And this is a good example. There's a 31-year-old man, Sean. His name is Doug. All right? And he was working security at a hospital in Florida. Is his best friend named Skeeter? No, but when you hear the story, maybe. Okay. He was working security at a Florida hospital. One day he got bored, and he decided to film himself farting in the hospital. And he took that clip and he put it on social media, and he got a positive, I suppose, reaction to it. (laughs) Positive. That made him decide to keep doing it. And because this guy, and we're going to show you in a minute, because this guy looks like Paul Blart, Kevin James' character from the movie, he legitimately looks like that. He created the name Paul Flart. Oh, my God. And that became his social media presence. And he kept doing these fart videos, and he started going viral. And I think Barstool Sports picked it up, and he started gaining a bunch of followers. Last time I looked, he had 73,000 followers. Fuck. Really? Now, yeah, now, the hospital gets wind of this, no pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) They get wind of this, and they fire him. When he got called by his boss saying, I want to see you, he knew he was going to get fired, so he actually recorded it, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to get that content. Right, and on the video, when he was going to get fired, he didn't give a shit because he, in his mind, actually believes, I'm going to turn this into yeah. millions. I'm going to turn this into a full-time job, even though all it is is fart videos. Let's put up a quick 20 seconds to show Sean what we're talking about. Go ahead, Melissa, put up a clip. So, guy gets fired, thinks, okay, this is going to be my career now. He starts a GoFundMe, and he starts a Patreon, all right? At last word, the last time I checked, his GoFundMe was up to a solid $385. Oh, okay. I thought last... you were about to say 1000 No. Like, yeah. Ooh. No. $385 last I looked. His Patreon had 27 patrons. I don't know what they were paying. Uh, Mr. Paul Flart, if you ever see this, my friend, if you ever see this, this is not sustainable. Get a job. All right? Not everybody can be a, an Instagram celebrity, and you're damn well not going to get there doing fart videos like that. You're not, it's not, you're not a subscriber to Fartful Select? <laughs> you stole a commenter's joke. I did. Oh, you he stole it? Select. Yep. Ah, there I gave you go. Credit? What the hell? <laughs> all right, this next one. This one was reported everywhere. I heard it on Joe Rogan's podcast, but it was reported all over the place. So there's a woman named Naomi, and this woman learned firsthand about the power of social media. She had a little conversation on social media that uh, didn't end well for her. Mm-hmm. Melissa, go ahead. Or, yeah, Melissa, go ahead and put that up, and I'm going to read it. Mm-hmm. So Naomi started out by saying, everyone shut the fuck up. I got accepted for a NASA internship. <laughs> I, saw, I saw this shit. Yeah. A gentleman named Homer Hickam responded to her and said, language. She responded to him and said, suck my dick and balls. I'm working at NASA. <laughs> he then responded to her and said, and I'm on the National Space Council that oversees NASA. <laughs> so... Uh, Hickam later told told Newsweek when there was a he did an interview. She actually lost her internship because of that, which she should. Oh yeah. Uh, he said that she apologized to him. He apologized to her too, even though he had really nothing to apologize for. Sure. Uh, and now he said he's trying to secure her another job in uh, the aerospace industry. You idiot! 
What do you do well, with NASA? Very nice of him to do that. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think he's part of the stupid people uh, uh, segment right now because, no, no. I would not help her at all. I'd say you're a plug that yeah. you would actually put that up, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I think that's just out of the just generosity and kindness of his heart that he's I doing agree. it. Maybe pity. Maybe. Maybe that because, yeah, what a fucking fool. I, I agree. Sean, this last one, bud. This is, for the, this is for the SRS file. Might be one of the best we've ever had for the SRS file. It. Uh, it was reported, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it. It was reported by the Guyang Evening News on August 21st. That's out of China, because what are the two countries where this shit always happens? China and India. China and India. Oh, you didn't say England this week. That's good. <laughs> this one, Sean. Oh, this one is good, man. I actually did my due diligence to make sure it was real, and I found the actual Guyang Evening News site. <laughs> So it is real. So a Chinese couple, uh, 26 and 24 years old, all right, they found out that a doctor named Liu Hongmei, who is an expert in infertility, was going to be volunteering at their local hospital. They had been trying for four years to conceive a child. They had been unsuccessful. Uh, Like I said, they're they're, they're relatively young, uh, healthy, couldn't figure out what was going on, met with the doctor. The, the woman, the, the wife in the relationship, told the doctor that she experienced pain during intercourse. And so Dr. Liu was convinced that she might have a uh, gynecological disease. And so I thought, all right, I'm going to perform an exam on you and try to figure out what's going on. Performed an exam on the woman. Do you have any idea whatsoever what the end result could have been of Did this story? Did her dick fall off? <laughs> <laughs> no. Any idea whatsoever what the end result could have been to this story? Someone's dick fell off inside of her. Oh, my God. So during the exam, the doctor discovered that technically the woman was a virgin. And when the doctor sat down with the couple to talk about their relationship and all that, she discovered that for four years they were unknowingly having anal sex. (sighs) Oh. Oh, where do I begin? Um... Well, let me tell you the, the, the end of this, because the end is also pretty funny. So, uh, the woman gave them a birth guide brochure, gave them a little bit of guidance, explained you know, what goes where. Uh, a few months later, the, the doctor retired. She was an older doctor. A few months later, yeah. she retires. You gotta retire on your best case, right? Exactly. Yeah, she retires. She gets a phone call from the local hospital. Now, this, where this hospital was located was a very small rural town, I guess. They had a butt baby! Uh, well, it, it's, it's a little better. So the local hospital calls the doctor to say, um, we have a, something here for you that you're oh. going to need to pick up. She said, so a couple came in and apparently they were successful in getting pregnant because of your help. Uh, and they want to express their gratitude to you. So they came by the hospital and they dropped off a gift of 100 eggs and some chickens. Is that it? That's it. So they, well, were, they were taught by the doctor what, you know, vaginal intercourse is. That doctor deserves a Nobel Prize. Yes, she does. That's what they should have got. got. They successfully got pregnant and gave, them, gave her a gift of some chickens and eggs at the local hospital. It's like, you know, Shawn Michaels retired on WrestleMania 25. The doctor retired on the butt baby <laughs> and the chickens and the eggs. That's a lot. That's, that's a lot. Oh, it's Dude. a lot. It's a lot. Yep. Man. Let's move on. Uh, Becky and Charlotte, do you think they're pivoting? I do. 
You do. I do. I mean, I, I reserve the right to be completely incorrect, but... We always are when, when logic comes into play. Yeah, but the promo that Charlotte cut on Monday, the way that I said it on the... Or Tuesday, rather. The way that I said it on the SmackDown Live podcast, check it out now, FightfulWrestling.com, was that it wasn't heelish, it was heartless. But it was also nothing was untrue. Nothing was untrue. Yeah. Becky Lynch got a great reaction. She didn't shit on the crowd. She did not. You're right. And You're that's right. important. Also, I just want to say Carmella's performance last night was outstanding. Very good. She was good too. And also, uh, so they were in Toronto. And I, you know, I'm going to give WWE the benefit of the doubt on this one. They were in Toronto. I think they knew Charlotte was going to get booed. I think they knew. When the match was over after the beatdown, they kept the camera on Charlotte for, what, 10, 15 seconds? Yeah. So that going off the air, you heard boos behind Charlotte. That makes me wonder if Charlotte's going to snap in and if they are going to pivot, like you said. And when Becky held that title up, man, I mean, she looked like a champion. Yes, she did. Holding up that title. And so uh, I'm curious where they're going to go. It seemed to me, and we kind of touched upon this last week, too, if they stay the course with where they were thinking about going with Becky as a heel and Charlotte as a babyface, we talked about this last week, that they're going to send Charlotte down the path of Roman Reigns. Exactly. Again, they're in Toronto, not a fair gauge, but she got the Roman Reigns treatment, Sean. She did. I'll use this term every time. Ride the wave. Let the crowd cheer and boo who they want. Right. And adjust your show accordingly. Now, I'm not saying that you can't have huge swerves and stuff like that to try to manipulate the crowd. Right. We'll recognize when it fails. And Becky, I, I'm not saying she should be like, oh, gee, gosh, jo- golly, darn baby face, because that's what she's been for the last couple of years. Yep. It didn't really work. It just, man, it was it was just really, really good. And when when she had that edge to her that she just developed, and like, like you mentioned, the shot on the way out, people booing yep. Charlotte Flair. Shout out to... Courtney Summers for the donation in the live chat. Oh, she must have loved the intro at the start of the show. <laughs> so uh, I want to move on and get your opinion on this Izzy situation. Yeah. And uh, and I'll tell Melissa, this is the, the choke slam, the girl with the choke slam. Oh, yeah. Show, show it in a minute. So a lot of people might know who this girl is because she's been on some, on some do- documentaries on the network and stuff. Uh, her name is Izzy. She is a Bailey super fan. Goes to all the NXT tapings, dresses up like Bailey. Again, they've shown her on the documentaries. Bailey always gives her a hug on the way to the ring and all that. Something happened this past week. There's a promotion out of Florida called Punk Pro Wrestling. They did a show, and very clearly, they were looking to get attention. And they were looking at what can we do cheaply to get attention and to get a video that goes viral on the internet. So obviously, that's what they were thinking. So in their infinite stupidity, they decided to take this 11-year-old girl named Izzy, put her in a match against a full-grown man who I'd never heard of named Effie. I don't know if he's a regular pro wrestler or if he only does, you know, one-offs. They put her in a match with Effie. Uh, They had it for their internet title. Uh, They had Izzy go over. So Izzy won the internet title, cut a little promo afterwards and all this kind of stuff. I want to show you one uh, spot from that match. This was posted on Twitter by Brian the Guppy. Melissa, put that clip up. That's basically Effie delivering a choke slam to 11-year-old Izzy. Now, even though if you watch the clip, maybe put it on one more time because it went really quick. Put it up one more time, Melissa. Oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> she 
she, you know, did a flat. She took a good bump. She did yeah. a good bump. The fact, the fact of the matter is this. If that promoter is happy with himself, and if he's patting him on the back, himself on the back thinking, boy, this thing went viral and the video's all over the place, you are a fucking moron, all right? Because that could have gone in a different direction. This is an 11-year-old kid. Sean, can you imagine the liability concerns if something happened to that kid? Can you imagine what would have happened? Good luck getting insurance on a future show if you have an 11-year-old kid go out there and break a bone in the ring with a full-grown man, you stupid moron. And I also want to say the parents of Izzy, where the fuck were you? All right? Because if this was my kid, Sean, I get the pro wrestling is scripted and predetermined entertainment. If my kid came to me at 11 year old, years old and said, can I do this match against this grown-ass man and I'm going to win? I'd be like, fuck no. <laughs> fuck no. And if I saw that guy deliver a choke slam to her, I'd be breaking a chair over his head. I thought Chelsea Green had the best take on this. She oh, said... That? I don't agree with Izzy taking bumps, let alone being choke slammed. It's unfortunate that others felt differently. Also unfortunate that her first match wasn't at the school she's trained at, where she is protected. But we live and we learn. I hope promoters take note. And uh, she said some other things. I don't know if they're they're even still up. But what school trains an eleven year old girl? I don't know. I mean, if hey, if you want to get trained, like Monster Factory does some kids classes that. Like doesn't do bumping. Okay. They teach you like some basic hold stuff. Okay. And I'm okay with that because you can do amateur wrestling at that age. Yeah, yeah. You can do any number of sports. However, it's on her parents. Her parents ultimately let her do this. Yeah, but the promoter too, though. Like, come on. Well, it's 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 tiptoeing the line of exploitation, in my yes. opinion. Yes, yes. I mean, because this kid's based in Florida, right? So obviously, the guy was thinking this probably isn't going to cost me any money. Talking about an eleven-year-old work, and you're like based out of Florida, right? She's getting her bookings out of Florida. No, but what I'm what I'm saying is, so this guy, because I know independent wrestling, so this guy was probably thinking, I don't have budget. This kid is here; it's not going to cost me much. She's known from these NXT documentaries. Maybe this video yeah. will go viral. He was thinking this is going to get me attention, and For I can't sure. believe I can't believe he was so stupid as to put a, a kid in there. Because again, if the kid got hurt, Sean, that could be it. that could be it for him. Yeah. If, if the kid got hurt, it was such a stupid thing for him to do. So you are a moron. Your parents, Izzy. I'm sorry. Your parents, they suck too. Whole thing was speaking, stupid. Speaking of trash human beings that aren't that old and don't belong near a wrestling <laughs> ring, here's the rest of my conversation with 22-year-old MJF, who appears on this weekend's All In show. A question from one of our readers says, with MJF being one of the premier douchebags in the world, what other entitled douchebags did he look up to growing up? First of all, much like you, Sean, I'm sure this guy's man bun is way too tight to think straight. So he's going to have to say stupid things like that. So allow me to correct you. I am not a douchebag, okay? Here's what your issue is. Your issue is jealousy, which is completely fine. Literally everyone I come across is jealous of me, and that's why they have an issue with me. But that's fine. To answer your question, though, if we're talking about people who might have been uh, looked at in a bad light because they were so good at their job, my response would be a young Randy Orton. My response would be The Miz. My response would be Chris Candido in ECW. Uh, my response would be the god Adam Cole. Uh, you know, those, those are, you know, among obviously Piper, obviously Flair, Ole Anderson. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. And I think that's what makes me different than everybody in my age group. Everybody else wants to slap their leg. Everybody else wants to hit 27 different variations of a cutter. Everybody else wants to do 30 different variations of a 
about Canadian destroyers. I don't care about that. You know what I care about? I care about women. I don't care about my perception. I don't care about what people think about me. All I care about is making money and winning. And that's the way this business is supposed to work. For some reason, everybody now seems to care about what the fans think. Guess what? The fans aren't going to sign your checks. We mentioned, and I made a poked a little fun, maybe saying you weren't as young as you, you say you are. You are, but Cody Rhodes, as we mentioned, he got started young too. He's 33 now, which is still very young in pro wrestling, which would have put you at about, what, 10, 11 when he debuted in WWE. So, I mean, he's still a very young guy in pro wrestling, but when you watched him, you were like, probably what, elementary school? So, check yourself, okay, bud? But uh, the answer is yes. Uh, here's the thing, all right? I remember the first time I saw Cody Rhodes on screen, and right away I, I thought he was a star. You know, I, I, I thought the tag team, uh, which I'll never forget, of him and Bob Holly was incredibly interesting and incredibly cool. I thought it was even cooler when he joined Legacy with guys like Ted DiBiase Jr. and Randy Orton. Uh, his whole entire day in WWE, I really enjoyed. But the thing is, the thing that's crazy about Cody Rhodes is Cody Rhodes uh, has become more of a household name. He's become even more popular on his own terms by leaving that company. And that's something that not a lot of people can say. So... So, yeah, I have been studying and watching that guy's career since I have been 9 or 10. You're the MLW World Middleweight Champion. I'm curious, how did the deal with MLW come about? How did they approach you and talk you into putting pen to paper? Because you are working all over the place. Well, here's the thing. A, it, it took a lot of money. And B, it, it, it took a lot of talking. You know, most guys in our industry, when uh, they have a contract put in front of their face, they don't ask questions. They just put pen to paper. Not me. You know, I wanted to understand uh, Court Bauer's vision. I wanted to understand where Court Bauer wanted to take this company. I wanted to understand, most importantly, where Court Bauer saw me in the picture. And obviously, if you don't see me as a top guy, then you're either blind or just plain, plain out criminally insane. And obviously, Court Bauer is neither of those. So, yes, he is utilizing me properly, and that was one of the main reasons I decided that uh, I needed to be an MLW guy. And we're back. You all can see that full interview at FightfulWrestling.com or at YouTube.com slash Fightful. I want to do a couple little raw side notes. The first one is uh, I saw that there was a little bit of negative feedback to the Elias Trish segment. Uh, and I saw that Alex got shit on a little bit. People were calling him a, a social justice warrior. And all I just want to say, anybody who uses that term is a fucking idiot. Even yeah. though I didn't agree with Alex, yeah. uh, I think anybody who uses that term is objectively a piece of shit. <laughs> How so, dare you care about something? How dare about you care about the welfare and the feelings of other people? So I was going to say that I also did not agree with Alex. I thought the segment was funny. Uh, I thought that the interaction, and I'll tell you, when Trish first came out, I was sitting at home with my wife watching going, how is this going to work with Elias and a female talent? Yeah. I thought Elias was, because he was playing the jackass, right? Yes. And he was awesome, playing, even though I want him to turn babyface and the crowd is with him, he was such a funny jackass about, oh, you and Alexa, well, you guys are going to do like a bra and panties model thing, right? I was surprised and, Alex didn't bring up that instead of the age. Yeah, because that was hilarious. And yeah. then saying to Trish, I'm sorry, I don't date uh, you know 60-year-old women. Yes. I, I just thought it was hilarious. But at the same time, I don't think Alex deserved to be called those names, but I still thought yeah. it was hilarious. Another thing about Raw, our good friend Gisberto Guzzo did a count this week, Sean, 
because he wanted to find out how many times did they use the term acting GM, which it looks like it's going to be Baron Corbin's first name now. It is. It is. They just called him acting GM Corbin. 28 times over three hours, they use the term acting GM. That averages out to nine times an hour. That averages out to two times every 15 minutes, Sean. Two times every 15 minutes for three hours, they use the term acting GM. Yeah, uh, I actually have that in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly this week. The internal memos in WWE have that listed as acting general manager, no longer referred to as constable (sighs) in any aspect. And don't even get me started on series of matches. Oh, God. Don't get me started. Because this See, week they don't like tournament, so it's I series of matches. I still have people that are like, "Oh, there's no like conspiracy going on within WWE to do this stuff." Yes, it is an oh, edict from WWE. It is absolutely not a tournament. And somebody says, "Well, they did a couple weeks ago. They don't want to again." That's their thing. Oh, it's different. Series of matches. No. So me thinking way too much, way more than I should, because yeah. WWE doesn't respect the intelligence of their audience. That would lead me to think that Paige is going to swerve everybody and say, not a tournament. I said a series of matches. Right. Tough shit. The only, way, the only way it would make sense is if they take the winner of the tag match on SmackDown this week, take the winner of the tag match on SmackDown next week, and make it a triple threat tag. If they, if, they, if they do that, then it's not a tournament. That would be great, yeah. So, But they haven't made that clear. That's so. true. And I'm hoping that they did that on purpose. Right. Let's talk about the immortal Hulk Hogan. So this guy swerved me too, Sean. Although he also swerved his own friend. There you go. So Hulk Who, Hogan, uh, Randy Savage in '96, uh, '88, wasn't it? Well, '96 when he joined the NWO. Oh, the NWO. Okay. So uh, Hulk Hogan had been teasing for a while that there was going to be a big event on October 27, and that it was going to have an NWO tie-in. And a friend of his that I know, we have a, we have a mutual friend, told me that he was told that Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were going to be involved and that there was going to be some sort of WWE tie-in. And that's what I was told. It turns out, all it looks like it's going to be is a simple Q&A at a place called Mango's Tropical Cafe in Orlando, Florida on October 27th with Hogan, Hall, and Nash. Uh, And it looks like that's all it is. They're offering 100 VIP tickets. You have to go online to HulkHogan.com to bid on those tickets and the highest bidder gets those tickets it looks like that's all it is man it's just let me let me apply this situation to real life experiences Mm -hmm. in kentucky i don't think like i've ever had a meal that costs more than a hundred dollars for me and my wife there's not that many expensive places out here when i was in canada i probably had three on accident (laughs) because it's very expensive yeah mango's tropical cafe ain't gonna run me that much no no Uh, not exactly what i would Suspect is <laughs> no, no. no. <laughs> they They're calling it the Two Sweet Tour, but then Hogan put up a video talking about it, and he said uh, something like one time only. So that means that the Two uh, Sweet Tour's got one date. I guess Joe's Crab Shack was booked. I guess. I guess. My God. So there you go. Let's move on and talk about PCO. Pierre Carl Ouellette. Wow, we got both of the Quebecers on this show. We did. We somehow got both the Quebecers on the show. Good week. So, PCO, Pierre Carl Ouellette. So, I got to give props to this guy because I respect guys that are able to evolve and recreate themselves. And I've always put over The Undertaker because he evolved over time, not just his look, but his in ring style too. 
He evolved over time. You look at Chris Jericho, he continues to recreate himself every time he uh, has a run in WWE. Uh, PCO falls along those lines, and let's look back to this guy. So this first photo, this is when he was Quebecer Pierre in the WWF back in 1993. He was 26 years old, Sean, just a young pup, one half of the tag team champions with Jacques Rougeau as the Quebecers. Then we shift to 1995. He was Jean-Pierre Lafitte, the pirate. He was 28 years old, having a storyline with Bret Hart where he stole Bret's jacket. I remember. Yeah, and that was the gimmick, and it was, boy, was it phenomenal. You shift all the way from 1995 to 2018. Here we are. He has recreated himself. He's 50 years old now. He has become PCO. He's working MLW shows. He's working PWG shows. Uh, I bet you maybe he'll be in, the, in that Battle Royal at All In, maybe. And here is a training video that this madman <laughs> mad put up on social media. He put it up on Twitter yesterday or the day before. Go up and put that training video up, Melissa. <sighs> So why did his manager say bonsai? I thought that was wrestling. Wrestling is so great. No, so Mr. Fuji used to say that about Yokozuna, like yeah. like 25 years ago. Why did the guy, and why did he have the black tongue like Liv Morgan that's with his, the that's blue his tongue? Deal. I mean, at the Janela show a couple weeks ago, when he beat Matt Riddle, he that guy showed up and electrocuted him back to life. Oh, he did. Yeah, and then he beat Matt Riddle. Well, I isn't that fantastic? Great. Here's the thing. I love this. I love where we are in wrestling. That, and I was telling Alex, if I am any wrestler from the '90s who can still go, right? I'm getting out there and I'm making the money while I can. Absolutely. ECO versus Laparca would be a legit main event. Any independent place in the country right now. Right. I know that's like a, a cliche thing to say, but people would show up and watch Laparca versus PCO. It's fantastic. I love it. Absolutely. And he came out of nowhere. PCO came out of nowhere. And again. Anybody that wasn't a wrestling fan 20, 25 years ago, you wouldn't even know it's the same guy. You know what I mean? Getting on so, the Melissa, shows. Melissa didn't know it was the same guy. No, I had She's no like, idea. why are you putting up pictures of this guy? Yeah. <laughs> oh, in the chat, they want us to know he said bullseye, not bonsai. That okay. makes a lot of Oh, he said bullseye. <laughs> okay. It sounded like bonsai. Yeah, I thought that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Man. I want, to, I want to move on and I want to put over a kid named uh, Sammy Guevara. Do you know who that is? Yeah, I know who he is. So I want, to, I want to put this kid over because I saw his vlog this morning. And uh, so this kid, uh, he's 25 years old. He started training when he was 18 at Booker T School in Houston. Last Saturday night, he uh, won the AAA Cruiserweight title at Triple Mania in Mexico City. And uh, I saw a vlog, like I said, about this kid. He talked about his history. He went back to Booker T School and took a look at it and all that. I saw he, him at Evolve in San Antonio last year. Okay. So he, uh, he started when he was 18. He was going to school full-time. He was training five nights a week for three to four hours a day. Didn't own a car, was taking public transit to go to Booker T's school, training three, four hours, going home, going to school the next day, back on public transit, back to the school for three to four hours. 
Uh, that's called paying your dues. Yeah. And, uh, and now the kid is, uh, is making a full-time go of it. And like I said, he won the Cruiserweight Tell. So I want to give props to him. If you go on YouTube, you can find his blog. Again, his name is Sammy Guevara. And good for him, man. I like Ventruso, hearing stories like that. Ventruso put him over a lot uh, when I asked him about people that he liked working with at Aralucha. Uh, actually, in that footage I mentioned earlier that we've sat on for like, what, six months of Vince. So we, I talked about his experience at Aralucha, and he had a lot of great words for, for MJF as well as the fact that he gets out there and he vlogs and he, he puts his life out there. It's pretty cool. So a few months ago, I was telling you about how it looked to me like WWE had a new revenue stream. And that new revenue stream was uh, major sold shows. Uh, and they're continuing to do it. As a wrestling viewer, this is starting to create confusion for me because they find themselves currently, and we talked about this last week, they're juggling three televised shows at once in terms of promotion on television. Yep. And it's, it's not going to get any better because when you look at their upcoming schedule, they have other shows that are planned out. So right now, WWE, September 16th is Hell in a Cell. October 6th is Super Showdown in Australia. October 28th is Evolution, the uh, all-women's pay-per-view, as they make everybody say word for word on TV. Yeah. first ever, Jimmy. Yeah, first ever. First ever <laughs> historic all-women's pay-per-view. Stephanie's announcement. And now, according to Ticket Drew, November 2nd is going to be the next Saudi Arabia show. That's five days after Evolution, Sean. Five days after Evolution. I understand from a scheduling perspective it's fine because no women are allowed on that show. Yes. And, and Evolution is going to be an all-women show. It's not a coincidence. No, but that still means that in terms of promotion on television, they're going to have to juggle another show while they still have to promote Evolution, while they still have to promote Super Showdown. It's, it's, it's starting to get confusing as a viewer. Uh, and like you said about when you said, oh, they have the Shield booked for, uh, for Super Showdown, they got to promote all these matches and shows simultaneously. And, and it kind of almost makes you question, too, about the outcome of one show when they're promoting the same match on another show. And it's getting confusing, man. It's a lot. So last, or when, when the news came that the co-branded things were, were coming along, like all pay-per-views are going to be co-branded, I was told by my friends in the company, at least the wrestlers, were not told that a schedule is really going to be affected. It doesn't mean more or less days. And that's what you're seeing. We're, you're getting two Saudi Arabia shows. You're getting an Australia show mm -hmm. in place of where some of these other shows would be. Because, I mean, last year, my God, they had so many special events. And now they're kind of making that up. We've got two international events scheduled and a women's pay-per-view that wasn't on the slate. So mm -hmm. they're loading up the network and, and build, adding attractions to it. And I think they're trying to globalize their brand even better. And I do like that they're putting some stakes on yeah, this show. The matches, yeah. yeah, Because, I mean, they, they did at the Greatest Royal Rumble, too. The thing is, just nothing of note happened. Yeah. At least when Daniel Bryan faces The Miz, you won't leave the show thinking yeah. that nothing has happened because their title match won't have, they won't get the title match that they win yeah. on that show. So you'll get to leave that, that event and say, okay, well we have something to look forward to as opposed to, wow, I just sat through a four or five hour house show. Yeah. But you know what? Storyline wise, it kind of leaves a lot to, to be desired when Kevin Owens is quitting on raw, but he's also being promoted for super showdown in a tag match uh, seen in Lashley against Kevin Owens and Elias. Yep. So I guess he's going to quit for one week and come back on Raw next Monday. You know, like it's, no, it's, uh, 
I don't know if he's on the road with WWE this week. Yeah. I don't know. I know Matt Hardy isn't. Matt Hardy's at home taking some time off. But well, isn't he? Didn't he sort of say he's a producer now because he posted a photo he's, saying he's doing some stuff. He's nothing set in stone yet, but yeah, he's he's working on it. Because after SummerSlam, right, he posted that photo on his yeah, social sure. media. Well, so. I mean, if you've followed Matt for any length of time, you know that he's really good at getting people talking. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I want to read you a quote from one of your favorite wrestlers, Alberto El Patron. And I want to get your... I don't think. Well, we've shit on him because of the page thing. He's an idiot. He's he's dumb. (laughs) Okay, there you go. I don't have a problem with him. So uh, I want to read you this quote and I want to get your take. So he did an interview on a YouTube show called The Roman Show. No correlation to Roman Reigns, of course. And uh, and let me read this and get your your take. So he says, quote... I have a good relationship with Vince McMahon, the owner of the most prestigious, biggest company in the world, so I'm pretty sure I'll be back one day before I decide to retire. I'll go back there to have a last final run, and maybe I'll have the opportunity to work with all of those wrestlers I used to work with when I was working for that company, and we used to have a lot of fun every single night. This was the guy, after he left WWE, shit hard on WWE, even even after TNA matches off the air, would grab the mic and shit on WWE and shit on Triple H. Obviously, a lot changes, Sean, and we see him now being, uh, it looks like he's in less demand, and even shows that he's booked for, he no-shows, it would appear. Do you really think that WWE is going to take him back for one more run? No. I don't think think so either. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah. No more. There's no reason. Impact shouldn't. WWE shouldn't. Ring of Honor shouldn't. They never got burned by him, but they shouldn't anyway. Yep. He doesn't have the maturity to do that type of thing. It seems like really the only commitment he can stick to is Combate Americas. That's it. And I heard he gets paid very well for that. He does get paid very well for that. And he does very little for them. It's a good gig for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. One more thing on my list that I want to talk about. So we've talked before about uh, how wrestlers in WWE now are trained on promos and about how they're taught to stick to the script and how sometimes they end up in in hot water because they'll be in the ring trying to do their promo that they've memorized, the crowd shitting on them with the what chance, and you see, like, Nia Jax is a good example. You see on their faces that they're stressing out because they don't know how to to react. They They just want to stick to their lines. And that's, that's how they're taught this day and age. Improvising isn't a big thing anymore. Sheldon Benjamin did an interview with ESPN Online, and he talked about not the promo side of sticking to the plan. He talked about the in-ring thing now, which for him is becoming a problem. He said the art of calling it in the ring is dying. Uh, and that, for me, as a longtime fan, is unfortunate. And here's a quote from Sheldon yeah. Benjamin. He said, guys are so reliant on planning a match to go out and do their plan regardless of crowd response. Sometimes you've got to go out and call audibles. You need to say, this ain't working, and change it up. Um, it's sad to know that man because again and, and he gave an example in that, in that interview uh, he said that one time he was in the ring with Christian and they were in Canada and Christian was supposed to be the heel but because the crowd was rooting for Christian he and uh, Shelton and Christian talked during the match and decided to call an audible and for Shelton to work as the heel and that's what they did you can't do that now because most of the wrestlers the newer wrestlers unless they're guys like AJ and Samoa Joe that are brought in that have trained for many years before they don't have the, the experience anymore in calling it in the ring. Rip Rogers is a really controversial guy sometimes, but almost all of his students work hour-long matches because if you work in hour-long matches, there's not going to be a lot that you can't figure out how to do. Right. When I trained for pro wrestling, I, I learned from my catch wrestling coaches. And what you do there, we're re- learning to pro wrestle on zebra mats, the same mats that you train MMA on. 
if we get into the ring at an independent event in front of 20 people and the rope breaks, we we don't need the rope. We don't need to buckle. I know how to work in the middle of a ring and trade stuff and work around that. You learn how to work if just like if you're maybe maybe you go to an event and you have a ring that's just feels like it's made out of concrete. You learn how to work out of the corners. That way you don't have to rely on bumping as much. You it's really important to learn all these different things and there are very few trainers. There's still some really, really good ones, but I think I think you have to know how to do that. You Absolutely. Have to. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's all I got on my list this this, uh, this week, man. I'm tempted to play that video again. But Jesus uh, but it's okay because, like I said, we're going to isolate it from this week's show. We're going to put it up separately, and people can watch it as much as they want, John. I might I might watch it again. Oh, you will because you're getting emotional. Look at you wiping a tear away. You're absolutely going to watch. I bet you you're going to watch it a dozen times, Sean. <laughs> so I've learned usually when this show ends, my wife has just got home from school or work or whatever it may be. She watches this show like every single week. Good. I know because I come downstairs and she'll ask me something about the show, and it still takes me like by surprise. My cousin, who I didn't even know, like more like my brother, didn't even know he watched wrestling, like will pop up in my email and be like, LOL, that skit on Listen Your Boy. And I'm like, what's going on here? What's going on here? But uh, a show I want all of you guys to watch, maybe you're not even in MMA, we relaunched the Holy Smokes MMA podcast. Showdown Joe, who has covered MMA for two decades. He is a certified referee, certified judge. He's been all around the world. He still does commentary for Ryzen. And, of course, me, you all know what I do here at Fightful. We are joined by James Lynch, who you all have probably seen on this show do interviews with MMA fighters talking about wrestling. You'll see those. We're going to see them just nonstop just until we don't have any more. You'll see those peppered in. We have him as our MMA insider on the Fightful MMA Holy Smokes podcast now. Uh, so while Joe is able to handle the historical aspect, I'm able to host the show. We have James Lynch, who talks to dozens, if not hundreds, of fighters every month. I'm not sure there's anybody in the MMA game, and I'm talking like the Ariel Hawanis, the MMA Fightings, the MMA Junkies of the world. I'm not sure there's anybody in the MMA journalism game these days who talks to more people than him. So show that podcast some love. If you don't mind, retweet it, share it on social media. Trying to get the word out about that because I love this new format. This weekend we got all in, me and the Pro Wrestling Unlimited guys. And the most important thing, Jimmy, our Blue Chew sponsorship got renewed, and that starts again Saturday. So is it true that you actually created a vine of every Blue Chew segue that you've done? You put them all together well, in one video? Well, let me tell you, Blue Chew creates my vine. Is Vine and still no, around? And no, Vine isn't still around, and Vine is only six seconds. And Blue oh. Chew doesn't mess around with that six-second horseshit, <laughs> Jimmy. But yes, I did. You I did. did. It's almost as long... As my vlog, I think it is a little long. <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else. It's not as long oh, as the intro that you did today, but let me tell you, Blue Chew will get you get your long game on. Okay. First, it's, first down. That's a free one, Blue Chew. Hey, tweet at get Blue Chew. Let them know they just got a free one. It's uh it's time for Super People Extended on Fightful Select. <laughs> so uh Hope you guys enjoyed that birthday video. We're going to isolate it and put it up. 
I'm going to watch it again after this thing is over. We are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.